silence. She made an effort to maintain her usual mask of confidence, smiling and assuring me that all was well. Her eyes betrayed the turmoil inside her, though, and there were times when the mask fell away completely. What lay beneath was not a pleasant sight. R.F. Jacobi, my employer and a specialist in all things strange and supernatural, called those moments echoes. I cannot begin to fathom the depths of Jenny's trauma, but I glimpsed into that icy darkness every time I witnessed an echo. Everything Jenny was fell away in an instant, the woman she had once been and the spirit she had become, until all that was left was a broken reflection of her last living seconds. Fury and fear overwhelmed her as she relived the scene, and all around her spun a storm of ice and wind. The unfathomable forces that held a soul intact had come untethered in Jenny, and what remained was something less than living and something more than human. The first time I watched her fall into that cold place had been bad enough, but it was far from the last. The further we pursued her case, the more frequently and violently the echoes overcame her. Jenny regarded these moments with frustrated embarrassment after she regained her composure, as might a sleepwalker upon waking to find herself on the roof. She became increasingly determined to hone her spiritual control so that she might find answers to the questions that had haunted her since her death, and I became increasingly determined to help. Tread lightly, Miss Rook, warned Mr. Jacobi one evening, although he was usually the last person to exercise caution. It would not do to push Miss Kavanagh too far or too fast. I'm sure she's capable of much more than we know, sir, I told him. If I may... You may not, Miss Rook, he said. I've done my research. Mendel's treatise on the demi-deceased, Haversham's Gaelic Ghasts, Lord Alexander Reisfar wrote volumes on the frailty of the undead psyche, and his findings are not for the faint of heart. We are churning up water we ought not stir too roughly, Miss Rook, for her sake and for ours. With all due respect, sir, Jenny isn't one of stuffy Lord Reisfar's findings. She's your friend. You're right. She isn't one of Lord Reisfar's findings because Lord Reisfar's findings involved pushing spectral subjects to their limits just to see what would happen to them, and that is not something I intend to do. I hesitated. What would happen to his subjects? What would happen, answered Jacobi, is the reason Lord Reisfar is not around to tell you in person. They killed him? A bit. Not exactly. It's complicated. His nerves gave out, so he abandoned necropsychology in favor of a less enervating discipline, and was shortly thereafter eaten by a colleague's manticore. He might or might not still haunt a small rhubarb patch in Brussels. Cryptozoology is an unpredictable discipline, but my point stands. Sir? The matter is settled. Jenny Kavanagh is in an unstable condition at the best of times, and finding painful answers before she is ready might send her over an internal threshold from which there can be no return. I don't think my employer realized that Jenny had crossed an internal threshold already. Until recently, she had always been reticent about investigating her own death, shying away from solid answers 
as one who has been burned, shies away from the flame. When Jacoby had first moved his practice into her former property, into the home in which she had lived and died, Jenny had not been ready. The truth had been too much for her soul to seek. She had made a decision, however, when she finally enlisted our services to solve her case, and, once made, that decision had become her driving force. She had waited long enough. Now it was Jacoby who seemed to be dragging his heels to help, but his unavailing attitude only made Jenny more determined to help herself. To her dismay, determination alone could not give her a body, and without one, she could do frustratingly little to expedite the case, which was why she had come to me. Our first spiritual exercises had been fairly benign, but Jenny still felt more comfortable practicing when Mr. Jacoby was away. We had known each other only six short months, but she had quickly become like a sister.